Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Friday morning at Wax, good morning. And it's the shank of the day, chore time. Bob and Joe with you. Got up this morning, came out. My driveway was a little wet, so must have got a few sprinkles anyway. What about you? We're down there at the Welke Landon Cattle Company. How much did you get? I actually checked the rain gauge, and I got a tenth of an inch. All right, not much, but uh, better than nothing. So a little shower going across, and today, maybe later on, a uh, shower might pop up. Otherwise, it would be a beautiful day to, to go to the fair, whether it's uh, Chippewa Falls over in Portage County, down at the Trempolo County Fair. But again, be ready because some of that Canadian smoke is going to be back in our area. And uh, that's that hasn't been fun. So again, if you need to wear a mask or want to wear a mask, obviously the Canadian smoke will uh, will appear further to the north. It'll be the worst, but uh, still probably down this far. So be prepared for that 87 today. Nice warm summer day. We'll have some results from the auction. Some good news from the auction at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair last night. Uh, good news from uh, World Dairy Expo. Wisconsin Cattlemen presented their award to a very deserving guy in our area. And uh, Jill will take a look at the weekend activities. We mentioned the fairs, but other things going on. Big time over in Colby, right? Yes, it's Colby Cheese Days. All right, that's always a big time over that way. So again, lots going on as we take a look at all the happenings around the area. We'll tell you about... Some of the prices paid, uh, 113 animals sold last night. Some of the prices paid for, we'll hear, the uh, auctioneer. And again, uh, that young man did a wonderful job auctioneering those animals last night. Uh, and that uh, was uh, Jerry Andrews started it off 
But then his top assistants, Troy Krieger, got in there and uh, sold the lambs and sold the steers and did a great job, too. So, again, we'll hear selling of the reserve champion market lamb brought to pretty good dollars last night. So we'll hear all that. It's a busy Friday morning. We'll tell you all about it. We've got weather to look at. We'll tell you about that next. And uh, not too bad as far as uh, fair weather is concerned. And you know that means there's not a lot of rain. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Pretty good fair weather for the rest of the weekend. Partly cloudy today. Maybe later on a little chance of rain. We did have some sprinkles more or less move through earlier. But again, that Canadian smoke is going to be in our area as we go along today. I'm not sure it's going to be here all weekend, but later today it'll start moving in. Our Skywarn 13 weather brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. And uh, the Chilsons were at the sale last night in Chippewa Falls buying animals to support all their good customers up there of all their, well, their Ram trucks. And right now you can check out the great selection of new Rams at ChilsonMotors.com. So, again, uh, who, I don't know if it was Mark or Matt was there, but uh, they were they were buying animals last night at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair Market Animal Sale. Chilson Motors, good supporters of the agriculture community around the area. So, again, a little Canadian smoke today, partly cloudy. Be a nice day at the fair. 87, 83 tomorrow, partly sunny for the open show. Sunday, 78 and partly sunny. Monday and Tuesday, same thing. Upper 70s Monday, about 83 on Tuesday. 63 right now in the Chippewa Valley. 63 degrees, 87 the high today, partly cloudy. Maybe some of that Canadian smoke moving in. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM. WAXX Eau Claire, here's some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Three black and Latino groups say Harvard's consideration of legacies and donors in the admissions process violates the Civil Rights Act. A complaint filed Monday with the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights argues that giving preference to legacies and donors admits predominantly white students while excluding non-white applicants. The complaint comes just days after the Supreme Court ruled that using race when determining admissions is unconstitutional, effectively ending affirmative action. Israel reportedly attacked an alleged terrorist base in the West Bank and killed at least eight Palestinians. Brian Shook reports. Israel says the attack dealt a big blow to terrorist organizations. Egypt's Ministry of Foreign Affairs said Israel used excessive and indiscriminate use of force. Jordan, Iran, and Turkey also spoke out, calling to end the aggression. I'm Brian Shook. Two PGA Tour officials will testify before a congressional committee next week on the organization's merger with Saudi-backed Live Golf. Lisa Taylor fills us in. PGA Tour COO Ron Rice and board member Jimmy Dunn are set to testify July 11th before the Senate Homeland Security Committee's Subcommittee on Investigations. Officials with Live Golf, which is bankrolled by the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, declined to appear. Lawmakers are concerned about the Saudi government's role in the deal. I'm Lisa Taylor. At least four people are dead and others are injured after a mass shooting in Philadelphia. Police confirmed Monday that six people were struck by gunfire in the attack carried out at multiple locations. The suspected gunman is in custody and was described as a man with an AR-style rifle, a handgun, multiple magazines, body armor, and a police scanner. A second suspect who may have returned fire was also in custody. The two injured victims are both minors. And Robert De Niro says he's deeply distressed by the sudden death of his 19-year-old grandson. His daughter, Trina De Niro, said her son, Leandro, was found dead inside a lower Manhattan apartment early Monday morning. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, let's check our weather forecast for you. Brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. Whether you're going to the fairs or whether you're going to Rockfest. Are you going to Rockfest uh, this weekend? Are you into rock? I am not into rock. I was, I'm not either. Not this kind of rock. I mean, this is hard rock. This is, if you're a rocker, this is for you. I was talking to Office Corey yesterday. She's going up. She said, I said, what do you want to see? She said, Slipknot. I said, who is Slipknot? I'm, you know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Dave Clark Five, the Beach Boys. That's rock and roll to me, but <laughs> Slipknot. She says, oh, they wear masks. And one guy, they call him Zipper Face. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, if you're going to Rockfest or if you're up at Rockfest, uh, you're going to have a good weekend to rock out up there as we look at our weather forecast. 87 today, partly cloudy, and again, Canadian smoke moving in later on, so be aware of that as the day goes along if you've got breathing problems. Otherwise, partly sunny, really, the next few days for the rest of Rockfest and the fairs this weekend. 83 tomorrow, 78 on Sunday, 77 on Monday, 78 on Tuesday, and of course, Next week is uh, Farm Technology Days down in Baraboo, and it looks like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are going to be beautiful days to have an outdoor event as well. So uh, for that, we're grateful, but we sure would like some rain. 58 right now in Rice Lake, 62 in Medford, 64 at Wausau and Marshfield, 66 in La Crosse, Green Bay, 65. A little light rain over that way is the rain we had earlier, light rain moving out to the east. Madison, 66, Milwaukee at 70. Here, the home of Zipperface, we've got 63 degrees. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's take a look at those markets on a Friday morning as we wrap up the week, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, as far as where we're at with the livestock, what are the numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 170 to 188 with mixed at 169 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 184 with mixed at 169 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers are 150 to 166 with select and silage fed steers 149 and down. Cows are 80 to 107 with a top of 134. Bulls are 108 to 129. Butcher hogs are 45 to 95 with sows at 36 to 43 and boars at 18 to 29. New crop market lambs are 170 to 185. With a top of 210, old crop market lambs are 115 to 155. Feeder lambs are 50 to 190 with a top of 202. Ewes are 47 to 110. Small goats are 20 to 160. Medium goats are 115 to 270. Large goats are 210 to 410. Nanny goats are 15 to 355. And at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, live cattle futures were mixed. August 176.90 at the close. That was up two cents. October was down 15 at 180.10, December unchanged 183.37, and February down 25 at 186.40. Feeder cattle were lower across the board. August feeders $245 even on $1.57 lower. September 247.32 down $1.95, October at 248.57 down 225, November down 257 at 248.42 in January. Down 272 at 246.42. Hogs were higher yesterday across the board. July closed 102.35. That was up a dollar 17. August at 96.50, up a dollar 15. October hogs 83.35, up a dollar 17. In December at 76.05, that was up 92. Board of Trade yesterday 
Corn was up 16 cents. Soybeans closed 42 cents higher. Uh, some of those uh, reports, numbers, yield estimates, uh, there's a little concern about that. Some dry weather. So they were up yesterday. And overnight, December corn up another 2 cents at 5.02 a bushel this morning. Oats up a fraction at 4.21. December wheat up 4 at 6.63. Overnight, November soybeans actually gave four cents back, sitting at thirteen sixty-five. Meal down two twenty a ton at three hundred ninety-seven dollars and seventy cents on that December contract. Barrel cheese price up a penny yesterday, a dollar forty. Blocks up five and a half to a dollar fifty-three. Butter up three and a quarter to two fifty-three. Class three July was down three at thirteen eighty-four, but then some nice increases. August up fifty-two, fifteen thirty-four. September up 51 at 16.27, October up 45 at 17.20, November up 40 at 17.71. We need those prices to go like that for about two weeks to get back to where we need to be for prices. So that's a look at the markets brought to you by the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. And we're going to hear from a couple more exhibitors in the steer show, the Dairy Steers. We'll talk to the folks that had the champ and reserve champion at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair Next on Wax, it's 11 minutes after 5. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Of course, when you're in Wisconsin, when you're judging beef steers, you have to include the dairy steers. And at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, a good representative of dairy steers in the show this year. And we're going to talk to the champion, Ben Wicken, with the Duncan Creek 4-H. Ben, congratulations. Thank you. How long have you been showing steers? I've been showing steers for three years. All dairy steers all the time? All dairy steers. Now, why dairy steers versus uh, the beef steers that get a lot more headlines, maybe? Well, dairy steers because we raise dairy steers at our own farm. Did you pick this one uh, out of the out of the feed lot when it was a calf, or where it, was this a special one you found? This one we found when it was at our place when we bought them. We took out like a group of seven and we spotted the best ones. So who spotted them? You or did you get help from dad or how many people put their heads together to pick this one out of the lot? Got help from dad. So what did dad and you see in the steer as a calf that you thought this might grow up to be something? We look at like the size of the animal, its brisket and the shoulders and the whole body in general. You didn't calve this this steer? We did not calve it. Who, uh, Who did calve it? Where did it come from? Emily Emily Lejess. All right, the Lejess farm. So you got him in the show ring. How big was he when you got him in the show ring here at the fair? He was 15.10. So what was the process of uh, leading and training this steer? Because sometimes these black and white steers can be kind of ornery. You work with it in the pen before you take it outside and start working in a new environment. And then you start with different distractions and all, like, did uh, a skid steer or a hay rack or anything like that come in handy when you started to get this thing moving, or did he take to the halter right away? We took to the halter right away. Oh, that's good. How many uh, champions have you had in the past? This is my first one. So what are you going to do with the money you make at the sale? Put in my savings account. For what? Something special? Are you going to buy an ATV or a... Just save it. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, now let's talk to Isla Nelson from the Woodmore 4-H and Bloomer Reserve Champion. Isla, congratulations. Thank you. Tell me about the history of your steer, where this steer came from. I think he came from a pretty similar place, didn't he? Yes, my steer came from Snapper and Annie Lejess. Now, how did you guys pick your steer out of that group? Um, what they do is they just bring them to our house, and then we watch them and 
pick whichever one we got in order as for my sisters. So who watches them the most, your dad or you, or uh, who does the picking out? Me and my dad. What did you see in this steer? You know, irregardless of what your dad saw, what did you see that you liked in this little guy when he was a lot younger? He had a nice frame, and his head was not, like, big. It was very small and nice looking. So how big was he when you got him into the show ring? Uh, 1595. So he was a big steer. Yes. Do you remember what the judge said was the difference between you and Ben? I know there's a lot of commotion in the show ring about that time. Yeah, it was something by more by his rib area. He wasn't as filled out as Ben. So what's the process? Because feeding a dairy steer is a lot different than feeding a beef steer. What kind of a ration, what kind of a feeding program do you have a guy like that on to get him to 1595? Um, you just feed him corn and hay. That's it. And a lot of it. Yeah. So were you confident that he was filled out and ready to go at fair time? Yes, I was pretty confident in him. So how many years have you been showing dairy steers? This is my sixth year. What's the best you've ever done? Grand champion. So this is a step down. Yeah, kind of. But you're still happy. Yes, I'm very happy. What about the competition for you as far as uh, every year more and more good dairy steers show up at this fair? They, A lot of them do. I just keep my, it in my head and just keep going. You keep focused? Yes, keep focused. What did you do to get your steer trained as a calf? Um, I just put him on a halter and I tie his head up so then he respects me and walks mostly. Now, you uh, you must be to the age where you, you uh, fit them for the show yourself, clip them and wash them, or do you get yep. help with that? Can you reach the top line of that big boy? I, yes, I can. <laughs> I clip them myself and wash them myself. Why dairy steers for you versus, say, beef steers? I like dairy steers a lot. They're very calm and mellow, and I really I like that. So how far along are you in school? Where are you at? I'm going into 10th grade. Oh, good. What are you going to do with the money that you uh, get at the auction? Put it into my savings and then maybe buy more cows. So you buy your own steers every year? Yes. And again, that's uh, Isla Nelson. She had the reserve champion dairy steer. Before that, Ben Wicken, and uh, he had the grand champion dairy steer. And uh, at the auction, Isla got two fifty a pound for hers from Chippewa Valley Energy, and the champion dairy steer sold for four and a quarter. And uh, that went to River Country Cooperative. So again, the... Uh, Dairy steers at the fair. And we're going to hear the auctioneer here a little while. When we get closer to the market time and uh, hear him sell the reserve champion market lamb from Wyatt Gotham of New Auburn. Just a little hint went for $19.50 a pound. So we'll hear that sale as we go along this morning. 17 minutes after 5 at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to hear a little bit more about Farm Technology Days, too. Again, as we said earlier, that's next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hope to see you down there. But in other news, a big story, World Dairy Expo is pleased to announce they will remain in Madison hosting the show the first week of October through at least 2028. A new five-year contract was signed yesterday morning at the Align Energy Center. Contract includes dates for 2024 through 2028 with the option to extend that agreement for three additional one-year options, 2029, 2030, and 2031. So, again, if uh, World Dairy Expo ever gets out of Wisconsin, uh, I think there will be a little bit of a protest. So that's good news. Joe, what else is going on? Well, our farm product exports continue to lag behind past years as we are now well into the current marketing year. For the first eight months of the year, those Foreign sales total $18.5 billion. That's 5% behind last year's pace. 
the latest report shows our foreign corn sales are down 30% this year at 9.82 billion dollars. Wheat sales are down 4% at 4.5 billion dollars, while cotton is down 20% with sales so far this year of 4.6 billion dollars. But on the bright side, soybean sales are up 8%. And the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association has given out its top annual awards. They were presented at the recent Cattlemen's Summer Tour. Receiving the 2023 Wisconsin Cattlemen of the Year Award was Jack Johnson of Medford. Over the years, Johnson has been active in the Cattlemen's Board and the Wisconsin Beef Council Board. He is also one of the founders and first president of the Northern Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association. He has donated cattle to the Medford FFA chapter for beef education classes and is a huge supporter of the beef industry in northern Wisconsin. And a really good guy. He well-deserved. Jack Johnson, the Cattleman of the Year in Wisconsin. Very, very deserving. All right, coming up, we're going to find out more about uh, all the youth activities at next week's Farm Technology Days down in Baraboo. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Educating youth about agriculture is top of mind for people all around the state. And Wisconsin Farm Technology Days is the perfect opportunity to do just that. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Anna Maynard, Farm Technology Days show coordinator, highlights some of the key activities that youth can participate in at Farm Technology Days this year. So what we're doing this year is we're kind of going on a scavenger hunt. Kids will travel around the grounds. They will get a map that will show them destinations. They'll go to those destinations, and each destination will feature a different activity. So some of the activities are learning about safety on the farm, what is in soil, and how can we use soil, how do you saddle a horse, Do you know how to do Facebook Live? You can learn how to do that. We also have a miniature farm that they can look and see all the little things that go into having a farming operation. There's just tons of things that kids can do while they're going on the youth agriculture adventure. They will have a map and they and their families will follow the map. They don't have to go any set order. Um, They go to an activity, they perform the activity. When they're done, the person that's managing that area will give them a sticker on their map. When their stickers are all filled in, they can then go back to the Rural Event Center and get a prize from the Progressive Agriculture Foundation for all of their efforts in learning about the industry today. What made you guys decide to create this new way of doing the ag adventure? In the past, it's been more of an ag youth tent. So why this this year? Well, I think it's more of trying inclusivity. We want kids to not be separated off. We want them to be part of the show because we want kids to be part of agriculture. We don't want to say, oh, kids, you can only do this or kids, you can only do that. We want them to walk around the show, experience all the different things that are going on, but still have some activities that are focused directly on them. And so where do they get the map in the first place? Is there a key starting point? Take me through where they need to find that on the ground. So if they want to partake in the youth ag adventure, they can. They just come to the gate. When they come through the gate, the person at the gate will give them a map. What is the one thing that you think someone should look out for if they're only coming for one day? So maybe, you know, they're on a time crunch and they can't make all the seven stops. What is the one thing that stands out to you that they should make sure they put on their list? Wow, that is hard because there's lots of 
good things. I guess I would say they should look at what their interests are. You know, if they might be interested in journalism, they should try out the media and learn about Facebook Live. If they're more interested in recreational ag, they should go down the equine area and take in that. Or maybe the DNR area because they're going to have the fish tank there one day. Maybe they should take that in. So it's really, they need to look at what they're interested in because I think it's just dynamic. Can you tell me about the 4-H or FFA partnerships that you have that are helping to make this possible to be able to put all of this on? Are they helping to do with anything throughout Farm Technology Days? Yes, the FFA officers are um, volunteering for the Progressive Agriculture Foundation booth, which is in the REC. So they're going to be helping handing out the prizes. They're going to be working on the safety demonstrations that are going to be going on in that booth. Um, So the FFA officers will be here and are actively involved. We have a 4-H group that's going to come in um, and earn some cash for their group by helping keep the food areas neat and clean. So they're going to be doing that as a community service activity. How was it finding volunteers to help be able to run these different ag adventure stations? Labor is hard to find. Volunteers are coming harder and harder to find. How did that go for you? Uh, Volunteers are really uh, crunch. So that was another thing about doing it this way. Each group could find their own volunteers to help with theirs, so that made it a lot easier. But we we do have a crunch of finding volunteers. We have to try to become more efficient um, to have people doing a job that they enjoy doing and willing to work the hours that they're willing to work because it's just people just they're just not people out there anymore. Next, I want to kind of dive a little bit more into the seven stops. So let's start with staying safe on the farm. Can you take me through what that's going to look like or what attendees? can expect to be doing? Um, There's going to be activities there. I haven't gotten the details. They did have some activities last year, which I think may be similar, um, telling kids about staying out of grain. You know, they wanted to make sure we weren't going to have any uh, corn box sandboxes here and things like that because they try to teach kids to stay out of grain, just stay away from it. Um, And then UTV safety is a really big thing. A lot of kids are riding on UTVs and a lot of them don't have enough experience just driving to um, understand what kind of trouble that they can get into on a UTV. So those are some of the things that they're going to be doing in that area. Now, you also mentioned earlier the National Resources Service are going to have a 70-foot long soil pit. So is that something that kids are able to like put their hands in and dig in? Are they just walking through? Take me through how that's going to look. Well, there's two different things. In the Progress Pavilion tent, there is a 70-foot long soil pit. They can walk down in the soil pit. They can see what the soil is like here. They can learn education about that. But in the um, other part of the display, which is just across the road from that area, there's going to be a blow-up tunnel. And they're going to walk through that tunnel and they'll be able to see what is underground. It's if I'm walking through a tunnel in the soil. What animals are here? What's the soil look like? What kind of microbes are here? So they're going to learn all about what 
decomposes soil and why that's so important. Some of the other areas you have include diversity of the different types of equipment that farmers and people in agriculture use every day. How important is it to show that it's not just tractors that you're using on a farm? I think it's very important because agriculture stands still. If you don't have people that are driving semis, delivering that product either to a processing plant, to a silo, to a bunker, um, you need people, if if you're going to drive trucks, you need people who repair trucks. Um, You need to know about GPS. You know, is that a future um, career that you might be interested in? You need... um, all of that diversity, interest in education and in abilities. And again, that's Anna Maynard, who is really the coordinator of the show. And the youth tent is not just for little kids where you're looking for something to do to keep them occupied. As she said, there's a chance for youth to get in there and uh, find out what opportunities may be for a career in different areas. So the youth tent will be a busy place, again, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Farm Technology Days. And, of course, that's taking place down at the Badger's Team and Gas Engine Showgrounds in Baraboo. Easy to get to if you're going down the interstate. Just get off at exit 92, stay on that till you get to Highway 33 towards Reedsburg. Turn right on that road and uh, left, whatever direction you're coming from, but mostly from us, it'll be to the right. And it's a uh, sand road. It's only about a quarter mile down the road. You get that close, you'll find it, that's for sure. That's next week, Farm Technology Days in Baraboo. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning, and let's find out some other stuff going on around the area. Morgan McCarthy joins us in the newsroom, of course. Morgan, good morning. What's happening? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll keep those headlines pretty close to home, beginning in the courts with a Mississippi man looking at charges in Dunn County after police say he shot bullets into cars and sexually assaulted a woman. The incident happened earlier this week. Now Jesse Fortenberry looks at nine charges in two separate cases. He was in court yesterday with Menominee police saying he shot holes into cars downtown Tuesday night. Investigators also say he sexually assaulted a local woman the night before. Fortenberry looking at a $5,000 cash bond. Meanwhile, in Washburn County, prosecutors push felony charges against a local man after a high-speed chase last month. The DA moves ahead with 15 felonies, most of them for recklessly endangering safety. This is against 50-year-old Chad Rollins from Chippewa Falls. Deputies tried to stop him back on June 25th on Highway 53 near Minong. He sped away. The sheriff's office saying the chase topped out at 95 miles an hour, and Rollins was able to lose deputies that night. They found him the next day and arrested him. Rollins due in court later today. As we look into some other headlines, we see across the state that there's a pitch at the Wisconsin Capitol to add watermarks to the state's absentee ballots. Waukesha State Rep. Scott Allen said absentee ballots in the state need to be more secure and they're convenient, but also present a threat to election integrity. Now, Allen's solution would be to place watermarks on each ballot, similar to what the Treasury does for dollar bills, to make them harder to copy or forge. Seems that the Milwaukee's home opener will bring a familiar rival to AmFam Field. If you're ready to set your uh, calendar for next year already, the Brewers did release their opening day 2024 schedule. Milwaukee starts the season on the road again. That'll be against the New York Mets, but the Brewers' first home game April 2nd brings the Minnesota Twins into town. And did you do any online shopping? Well, Amazon just keeps going in one direction. Seems there are more records broken for Prime Day, Mark. The online retail giant announced its Prime members bought more than 375 million items and saved over $2.5 billion across the July 11th and 12th sale. 
Amazon said the first day of the event was the biggest sales day in its history. It added that Prime members saved more money than any other Prime Day event. Adobe Analytics reported the average money spent on an order during the event jumped nearly $2 from last year. I'm Mark Mayfield. It seems they have the cash cow, but we got to bring home the bacon somehow, and that usually involves some hard work in the barn. Let's get back to those chores with Bob Bolsold. Jill Welke, I believe Brent Wink joins you on a Friday as well with your Midwest Farm Report on what? 104.5. Thanks, Morgan. And, uh, yeah, Brent will be in here. He's actually on the road. Jill had a chance to talk to him yesterday. He's got meetings out, I believe, South Dakota, right, is where he's headed, or he, where, where is he going? He had a meeting yesterday in La Crosse, and then, and then he was going to go to South Dakota for a family reunion. All right, so uh, we'll have Brent on with us here as he's out in South Dakota. We'll get a crop report from him next week, I'm sure. We've got uh, weather. We'll get a hold of uh, Derek next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's go to Skywarn 13 in the weather room. Derek Dahlman is with us once again this morning. Good morning, Derek. Hey, good morning, Bob. Happy Friday. Oh, you bet. And uh, I just saw your Hello Wisconsin on TV from the uh, pipeline in Alaska. Yes, yeah. I, uh, it's hard with a large group like that to try and find an open area. That was one of the few open areas to do it, and the Alaska Pipeline's significant. So. Yeah, it certainly is. The Alaska Pipeline, it's uh, really interesting how they built that. That is for sure. I talked to some folks at the fair that were with you, so uh, the Marquardt's were up in Chippewa, so they uh, said oh, they had a, yeah, had a good time. yeah, I ran into them yesterday. Oh, did you? Yep. yep. They said they had a good time, so that well, that's always, always fun to see the people after you get home. Well, we don't have uh, Alaska affecting our weather, but Canada again today, huh? Yeah, that darn wildfire smoke going to be coming back in from western Canada within our flow aloft. Now, while most of it does look to stay in the upper levels of the atmosphere leading to those hazy skies once again, there is a chance that some of it may mix down to the surface later on today. We'll be watching that closely for impacts to the air quality. Otherwise, throughout the day, do expect a mostly to partly sunny sky. We are yet again tracking just an afternoon chance of a stray shower or storm, but it is going to be toasty and humid out there, afternoon highs reaching up to around 87 here in Eau Claire. Meanwhile, for tonight, partly cloudy, a shower or storm early, 61 for your low. And then as we do head into tomorrow, expect plenty of sunshine, a slight chance of an afternoon shower or storm. We'll be a bit breezy from the west-northwest. We'll have highs around 84 degrees, but with the passage of a cold front, we do cool into the upper 70s on Sunday, plenty of sunshine, and once again, that chance of a spotty shower or storm. Right now in Eau Claire, it's 62 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Derek Dahlman. So you got something to do outside this weekend? No problem. I actually, yeah, I've uh, got a three-day weekend, and we oh, are going man. to a state park somewhere in northern Wisconsin Saturday. So, that'll so be a you're fun going time. further into the smoke. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not the <laughs> smartest move, but... <laughs> you're good. You have a good one, Derek. Yep, you too, Bob. We'll talk to you again on the air, but uh, it's been fun. Yep, maybe by the holidays I'll talk to you again. <laughs> I hope so. Thank Derek. Derek Dolman over there at Skywarn 13 against 60 degrees. And we're going to go back to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. We're going to hear our auctioneer, Troy Krieger, sell the reserve champion market lamb. We'll do that next. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 60 degrees. Time is 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. And again, our lead story, World Dairy Expo did sign an agreement yesterday morning at the Alliant Energy Center, keeping the uh, World Dairy Expo show here in Wisconsin, in Madison, at least through 2028. But there's also an agreement, a part of the agreement, to extend that deal for three additional 
years, 2029, 2030, and 2031, to keep Dairy Expo here in Wisconsin, down in Madison, and be a travesty if it was ever someplace else. Well, let's go back to the uh, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair last night. 113 market animals sold, and there were some, uh, well, some more exciting sales than others, as always, at an auction. And uh, one of the exciting ones was to sell the reserve champion market lamb, shown by Wyatt Gotham of New Auburn. Troy Krieger is the auctioneer, and uh, let's hear Troy sell Wyatt's lamb. This lamb weighs 135 pounds, got a blue ribbon, a reserve champion lamb. Reserve champion lamb here. Give $10 back and 10 where? Give five and go. Five, six dollars, now seven dollars, now seven dollars, eight dollars, now nine dollars, now ten dollars, and eleven dollars, and down here now, but about eleven, now twelve, but a bit twelve, but a bit thirteen dollars, fourteen dollars, fifteen dollars here, down here now, sixteen dollars here. Sixteen and down here now, but about fifteen and sixteen and down here now, but about fifteen, sixteen dollars here, fifteen, sixteen, fifteen, fifty, fifteen. 50, 15 and a half, but it did 15 and down here now, but about a half, 15 down here, yes, now half, now 16, 16 dollars here, now half, 16 fifties here, 16 and 50 down here now, but about 16 and a half of the reserve champion, 16 50, 16 50, now 17, now 50, and 17 50, owned it for a little while there, 17 50, man in the back is in, man up front is out, I need 17 50, and 17 and a half, 17 and a half, now 18 down here now, but about 18 dollars here, 18 and down here now, but about an 18 and down here now, 18, now half, 18 and a half, but a bit at 1850, 18 and 50 down here now, but about 18 and 50 down here now, but about 18 and 50 down here now, 1850, now 19, now 19, and 1950, and 1950, let's go for 20, 1950, and 1950 down here now, but about 1950 down here now, but about all in and done in 1950, 1950, last calls here, but give 1950s here, and 1950, they're all in and done in the final car, but about 19 and a half, but a bit of 19 and a half. Have here final calls here 1950 now 20 even money now 20 and 20 dollars here and 19 and a half it a bit 20 and down here now but about and 20 now but it did that here down here now but about and not gonna give me 20 dollars here but a bit 20 to be the buyer but to get 20 but to get 20 but to get 20 would you do 1975 1950s here but to get 20 dollars here but a bit 20 dollars here now sold the reserve champion 1950 and that's a plus machine a plus machine who was the backup better on that Precast, Scott Precast. There was the backup better there. Thank you both very much. And again, the reserve champion Margaret Lamb last night, 1950, as you heard Troy Krieger sell that for Wyatt Gotham of New Auburn. We want to thank uh, sponsors for our fair coverage, including Compere Financial and Stockman's Farm Supply at Osseo. And we've got the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, of course, continuing open show tomorrow. Joe, what else is going to be going on? Well, there's a few other fairs. The Tremplo County Fair opened up yesterday with shows going on all through the weekend. And we've got the Portage County Fair in Amherst that starts started yesterday and goes through the weekend. We've got uh, Wisconsin Farmers Union Summer Conference today from 9 to 4 at Camp Kenwood. And there's the Parish tractor pull in marshfield at the central wisconsin state fairgrounds that's tonight with the gates opening at five o'clock and the pull at seven o'clock and they've got trucks they've got tractors they've got even semis might be coming in colby cheese days is starts today and runs through sunday with a lot of activities and there's a tractor pull in halder 
on Saturday afternoon starting at 3 o'clock. And our old buddy Jerry Fitzgerald, I think, probably be announcing that. We'll find out more about that. But also going back to the sale, besides that lamb, some of the other top-selling animals, the top-selling steer, James Meyer of Stanley, $12 a pound, Sea Haver Refrigeration and Lemke Trucking, Two hogs, one shown by Bentley Wilichowski of Boyd, another by Kennedy Kunai, also of Boyd. They each brought twelve fifty a pound. The buyers were lube suppliers of Stanley and the Rural Septic Service. And we've got markets to get to, but uh, Jill, some other things going on here. It's a busy time. Well, it is awfully busy in our weekend programming. Chippewa Falls FFA will be our FFA on the air for this Saturday morning. And Duncan Creek. 4-H will be from Chippewa County will be on for our 4-H on the air. And we need to head on over to Jim Lindsay and find out what happened at Altoona Equity. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar forty five to dollar seventy three. Dairy cross steers and heifers dollar forty five to dollar sixty six. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty five to a dollar sixty five. Choice Holstein steers a dollar forty two to a dollar fifty four. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar forty one and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from a dollar to a dollar twenty. We had a top of a dollar twenty five. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy to ninety nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty nine and down. Organic cows from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.35 to $1.63. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.34 and down. Cold bulls sold from $95 to $1.17. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $390 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $610 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, July 28th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the voice of the Halder tractor pull and a few other things. Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Sale Barn. Morning, Jerry. you got a busy weekend. Well, Bob, I mean, good morning to you. Yeah, we do. A lot of, hopefully, the weather will cooperate, but, uh, you know, if we get a shower in between here, that's very going to be welcome. You know, before I do the market reports here, I was thinking when I was listening to, uh, uh, you know, talk about all the fairs and stuff, and you and I have been around long enough. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, but uh, all these young people that are exhibiting and selling now, and you and I can both recall, uh, you know, there a lot of them had their parents were in that, and some even their grandparents. So it's just a great, great, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, makes it feel really good the next generation coming up carrying on you know yeah, so there really is good. i'll tell you yeah we've been around a long time i've interviewed some of those grandparents when they were young kids exhibiting that's how long we've been around so <laughs> <laughs> so it's still good to see them but anyway hey wrap up the week for us over there at stratford i better do that bob thank you and good morning everyone a summary from this past week here and yesterday's auction here at equity stratford markets continue to be on a very good trend here uh uh, we'll start with the market cows, conventional cows, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows this week here at Stratford. We're selling from 102 to 125. Uh, earlier in the week at Monday's auction, we had some very fancy high-yielding cows from 126 up to 134. Most of the cows are selling in a range from 82 to 102. Thinner cows, uh, these real plain cows, $80 and below. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls are selling mostly from $1.14 up to a top of 124 and a half. Lightweight bulls, 108 and back. And the fed cattle trade, Choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from 143 to 157. Uh, select grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 138 and below. 
Calf market also fully steady. Good demand does continue on the Holstein bull calves. Uh, yesterday's close mostly from uh, 150 to 350 on those bull calves, up to 400. That was on Monday. Heifer calves uh, mostly from 50 to 150 this week. Again, did top at 200 also on Monday's auction. Same trend on the beef calves, mostly from 300 to 600. And a lot of those black calves on Monday from 650 up to a top of 700. And we'll take a look at next week here at Equity Stratford, a full market week, of course. Our next uh, hay auction will be next Tuesday, the 18th. Next uh, uh, dairy auction also next Tuesday. And our next feeder cattle sale will be the 19th of July already next week. So, folks, uh, got cattle looking signed? Let us know. Put them on the list for you. And uh, certainly uh, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. So, yep, and the folks do drive careful. Have a safe weekend. And uh, not a whole lot of rain in the forecast, is there? No, no, mostly that Canadian smoke maybe later on today, so be aware of that. Hey, you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Bob. Thank you. And, uh, well, you got all the good places picked out at the fair where you're going to eat lunch, right? Oh, boy, there's a lot of them. A lot of choices. I don't know if I can uh, decide or not. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over there at Stratford. Looking at the rest of the markets, corn and beans were higher yesterday. Overnight, December corn up another two cents at 502. Oats up a fraction, 421. Wheat up four at 663. November beans gave back four cents overnight, 1365. December meal was down 220 at uh, 397.70. Country elevator prices today, Jill. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corn's at 501 with beans at 1467. Northside elevator, loyal location. Corn's at 508 with beans at 1452 and in Arcadia, corn's 508 and soybeans at 1464. And on the DTM screen, corn at Golden Plump, 542 today. Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, corn 466, beans 1425, Elmwood 476 and 1425. Fall Creek's corn is 456, beans 1415, 476, the corn and Osseo, 1430 on the soybeans. Elk Mound, 504 and 1455, Sparta is 504 and 1453. Ellsworth, corn 456, beans 1415. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 525, Stanley 501, New Richmond 496. Barrel cheese up a penny, a dollar forty. The blocks up five and a half at a dollar fifty three. The butter up three and a quarter at two fifty three. July class three down three at thirteen eighty four. August up fifty two at fifteen thirty four. September up fifty one at sixteen twenty seven. October up forty five at seventeen twenty. And November up forty at seventeen seventy one. And Jill had a chance to talk to Brent Wink in our covering the crops program. Let's hear what that's all about this week. It's Friday morning and it's time for our Winfield United program with Brent Wink. He's got meetings to do, and he's got some personal stuff to travel out to South Dakota, so we have them recorded. But tell me about this meeting that you're heading to now. Yeah, thanks a lot, and good morning to everyone. Well, this week we had uh, a lot of different activities going on, but Wednesday I had an opportunity to be down in the West Salem area. We've got an alfalfa research facility down there with Forage Genetics that's owned by Land Lakes, and just an opportunity to look at all the alfalfa research and development that goes into that. And again, it just always impresses me, some of the new genetics and how they compare. We've spent a great deal of time perfecting genetics with higher resistance to diseases like aphanomyces and anthracnose and a lot of different things going on in the field. We've got that bred now into the conventional line of alfalfa, the Roundup Ready line of alfalfa, and our Harv Extra alfalfa, the reduced lignin alfalfa. So it's AA series for aphenomyces and anthracnose. 
And again, it's just uh, an amazing ability to outyield and outperform just about everything else in the field, even against our our old lineup. So we continue to kind of look uh, for that and get that out onto more acres. So that was a great opportunity to kind of have a chance to visualize that. We had a lot of sellers and farmers from across multiple states down there uh, looking at that. So that was one of the activities this week. Uh, probably the other big thing going on here as we move forward, I'm talking with my counterparts down in Iowa and Illinois and even the southern part of the state, uh, fungicide applications on corn. Uh, that's really getting underway uh, full force as we start seeing tassels come out. We're seeing a fair amount of corn starting to tassel in our area. So we, we're right at that time where we need to be uh, looking at if we're going to make fungicide applications to be getting that done as well. A lot of growers are kind of a little up in the air, you know, if they've had drought stress, they've had issues going on, or maybe they've just plain got a lot of uneven fields. We've got some corn that's tasseling. We've got some corn that's a little shorter yet. And my advice to, to everyone is to if uh, to still look at making those applications. We've got a lot of research that shows any fungicide applications after V10 corn, so 10-leaf corn, from there till tassel, there isn't a lot of difference between the yield results with that. So my recommendation, again, is to make those applications as we start seeing tassels or just prior to tasseling in those fields and to get out and make that happen. Uh, you know, a lot of benefits with that. Basically, those fungicides are have the ability to help that corn plant handle the stress, give it some plant health benefits, and basically just keep that plant alive and healthy through the season gives it a greater opportunity for grain fill and a lot of those things that will will preserve yield and ultimately give us a better crop so that's kind of the big things coming up for the next probably seven to ten days we're going to see a lot of that happening around the area so uh, my travels this week and weekend are taking me out to western minnesota and uh, South Dakota, we're going to do a little crop touring. And uh, my wife's family's originally from South Dakota, so they've got a reunion going on out there. So I get to spend uh, time with a bunch of farmers in South Dakota and kind of getting a crop tour out there. So really look forward to that, uh, to see what's going on out there. Then one last thing, uh, Friday, July 21st, I'll be doing the FFA Alumni Tractor and Truck Pull at the St. Croix County Fairgrounds. So 7 p.m., Friday, July 21st, St. Croix County Fair, the truck and tractor pull, the FFA alumni. So mark that on the calendars if you have a little spare time on your hands. So that's the wrap for the week, Jill. And I hear you're going to be quite entertaining for that truck and tractor pull. Well, it depends if they let me have some beers over in the stand or not, but I probably better limit that till the end of the night. But, uh, We'll see if we can't make it a little fun for everyone out there that night. I really enjoy that. They've had me do some of those things off and on. I really enjoy those opportunities and a chance to kind of be back out in the community. So it's a great event. Love doing anything I can for the FFA alumni as well. And that's the St. Croix County Fair up in Glenwood City. See you there for the tractor pull. I'm going to try to get there on Friday. Awesome. That'd be great. All right. And that's Brent Wink with our Covering the Crops program, sponsored by Winfield United. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we're a little past the crack of dawn, but it's uh, 63 or about 60 degrees right now, I guess. High today, going to be in the mid to upper 80s. 
And not a bad day, but again, some of that Canadian smoke is coming in a little bit later on. So a lot of things going on this weekend. Get out and enjoy them. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.